You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. And today we are talking New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it has been a while since we have sort of investigated um, New Japan. And in fact, the last podcast we did was a preview of the Honor Rising shows, which of course uh, carried a lot of storylines forward. So what has happened in our absence? Well... (laughs) Quite a lot recently. The 46th anniversary has happened in which new junior tag team champions were crowned in Kanemaru and El Desperado. Um, Okada and Osprey put on an absolute masterclass of wrestling, which we all knew they would do anyway. The New Japan Cup has happened, one of the best New Japan Cups in recent memory, I think, with Zack Sabre Jr. overcoming a ridiculous plethora of opponents, including Ibushi, Naito, and Sonata, to overcome Tanahashi in the final, to main event Sakura Genesis. And then, of course, Strong Style evolved. It has just happened. It's in the books. And what an interesting show. First of all, main evented by Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, the Golden Lovers, against the Young Bucks. Now, this story, the civil war going on inside Bullet Club at the moment, is one that has got a lot of the wrestling world hooked. And this really did sort of further that storyline. We've got a division in the middle of Bullet Club and it's splitting the faction and in some cases the teams in half. You've got Cody on one side seemingly with Hangman Page who lost out on his United States Championship opportunity by losing to Jay White, though it was a match that was better than it had any right to be. No offence to... Adam Page, it's just I've never really rated him massively as a wrestler, but he did prove me wrong on this account. Um, Then, of course, you've got the Young Bucks who seem to, well, for lack of a better phrase, sort of flip and flop between the two sides. Then you've got Marty Skrull, who seemingly didn't really care for the fight stuff and then has seemingly sided with Cody and Adam Page. And then, of course, you've got the rest of Bullet Club, who everyone seems to forget about. You've got your... Um, Gorillas of Destiny, your Battle of Fale, your Chase Owens, your Yujiro Takahashi. And where do they fall in this storyline? Now, when it came to Strong Style Evolved, we had the Golden Lovers defeat the Young Bucks in what has recently been given a five-star rating by Dave Meltzer. And Cody then came to the ring, lost his mind, uh, attacked Nick Jackson, though he later said that this was by accident. Um, and uh, Kenny Omega came in to make the save. Now, one of the young books, Nick Jackson, sort of took the hand of Kenny whilst Matt was less inclined to. So what that means going forward and what it means for Sakura Genesis, which we're going to preview in a moment, I don't know. It's certainly an interesting point that New Japan has got to with this feud. Um... Then, of course, we had the match between Will Ospreay 
and Dushan Thunder Liger, which was, again, an absolutely outstanding match. At the end, Osprey was paying homage to Dushan Thunder Liger, as you should. He's a legend. Before saying that he wanted to take on Rey Mysterio, who's at ringside. Of course, Rey Mysterio was supposed to take on Liger, but got a legitimate bicep injury. Um, and Marty Skrull seemingly had enough of all these pleasantries, attacked Osprey, demasked Rey Mysterio, and is now going on to face Will Ospreay at Sakura Genesis for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So there's a lot of stories going forward into Sakura Genesis. Now, of course, this is the second year of it being labelled Sakura Genesis. It was Invasion Attack before that, and last year has become infamous somewhat for um, the headbutt um, that sort of ended the career of a legend, really, of Shibata. Um, of course, he's doing a lot better. He's doing work with the New Japan Dojo in LA and, of course, has said that he doesn't want to retire from wrestling, so excellent. Hopefully, this show itself can be remembered for perhaps slightly more than that. So what we're going to do is we're going to go down the card. Uh, the card was announced pretty sharpish after Strong Style Evolved, with there being only a week's difference between the two. Um, so we're going to count on those and we're going to give our predictions to the maybe potentially a shorter episode of the podcast today. We're going to start with the opening match. And when was the last time that the Young Bucks opened a pay-per-view, especially at the moment when they are possibly the hottest tag team commodity in wrestling? But we've got Bullet Club in the form of Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi taking on the Young Bucks. Now, I said before about it being interesting, and obviously we've got another matchup between two Bullet Club teams. Um, were it anyone else that the Young Bucks were taking on in this match, I feel that they would take the loss here, especially with that sort of, not necessarily infighting between the two of them, but with uh, Nick sort of siding with Kenny and with Matt still very, very unsure. I feel like that could play into this storyline. However, Chase Owens, however much he has improved in the past couple of months especially, um, and Yujiro, who is very much a backseat player uh, in the Bullet Club nowadays, um, I just I don't see how they would get the win over the Young Bucks. Um, so my official prediction is the Young Bucks for that reason. Um, the second match, which from what I can gather has no real bearing on anything, no real build or anything, it's uh, Toriano and Tomori Ishii versus the Suzuki-gun team of Taichi and Takashi Izuka. Now, anyone that listens to our podcast knows that I cannot stand Izuka. I feel like he is a complete waste, and I feel like just biting people every now and then should not constitute anything even close to a wrestling manoeuvre. Yet, here we are. Now, I feel that this is going to go some way to crowning a number one contender to the IWGP heavyweight tag team straps still held by Evil and Sonada. Um, tai Chi, I think, surprised everyone with his match against Tetsuya Naito, um, especially as it sort of came from nowhere when we were all expecting a Chris Jericho feud and we got Tai Chi attacking Naito at the end of the new beginning in Osaka. So, he surprised everyone. I don't think 
that Taichi and Izuka have got anywhere near enough to overthrow Yano and Ishii. Though I will say now that the last time I predicted Ishii to win anything, which was the New Japan Cup, he got knocked out in the first round. So, you know, <laughs> it could go either way. However, I think that the crowd support for Ishii especially, I feel like they can take or leave Yano, um, but the crowd support for Ishii most definitely will lead this to be you know, his sort of time in the tag division. I feel like he deserves something. He's a he's a great addition to the roster, so he needs something. We know that he can go in the ring. He's got matches against Kenny Omega where he's got five stars. He's got, you know, an excellent match against Michael Elgin where, unfortunately, he was knocked out of the New Japan Cup. You know, he is a capable, capable wrestler, and he has the backing of the New Japan crowd. So, you know, that, for me would make Ishii and Yano the logical choice. And therefore, that's my official prediction. Ishii and Yano to go over Taichi and Izuka. Of course, you can never discount the fact that, you know, Suzuki can have the numbers game. And, you know, I guarantee, I can almost guarantee that some members of Suzuki Goon are going to get involved in this match, as I'm sure they are later down the card. But I just, I don't see Izuka and Tai Chi holding the heavyweight tag team straps, and I can't see them getting close to Evil and Sonada. So, yeah, I'm sticking with Chaos, Toriyano, and Ishii to go over Suzuki-gun. Next, we have our first championship bout of the night, the six-man tag team match for the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships. It's another Bullet Club team, the champions Bullet Bad Luck Fale, Tamatonga, and Tongaloa, taking on Togi Makabe, Michael Elgin and Toguchi. Now, as already stated, the feud inside Bullet Club at the moment has permeated all teams. So, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny took on Cody and uh, I think it was Hangman Page as Strong Style Evolved. You know, it is imploding. However, it's a tough one. I think it would be a fantastic storyline if Bullet Club lost all their gold. Obviously, this is the only championship that Bullet Club hold at the moment. Um, if they were to lose this, I feel like the the whole thing would escalate even further. Cody would become even more crazed and power hungry, and then you kind of you've got well, shouldn't Tamatonga be in charge if you're going to have a change in leadership? You know, he has been there since the start. Same with Bad Luck Farway. So it's I'd like to see them lose it. And I think if it were against any other team, you know, you look at who is actually in this team, you've got Makabe, Elgin, Taguchi. And I will say that the match that Makabe put on against Suzuki at the anniversary show, fantastic match, completely surprised me. I had nothing but the lowest expectations of Makabe in the ring. But I think, would it have been, you know, even potentially a rematch between the champions in Ishii, Yano and Beretta, you know, I could have seen the champions losing it. I don't see them losing it against Elgin, Makabe and Taguchi. Now, obviously, for some reason, and I don't mean that to sound disrespectful, but New Japan are very, very, very behind Michael Elgin. You know, there's, there's no other way of putting it, you know, there's no reason they would have had him go over Ishii in the first round of the New Japan Cup if they weren't behind him. 
So there's that. Obviously, Maccabee still holds a lot of clout from his time as um, IWGP heavyweight champion. You know, he's just come off the back of a shot at the Intercontinental title. And obviously, Taguchi's a crowd favourite. So I don't want to dismiss them entirely. I just... I don't feel like those three as a team would bring anything to the championships. And yes, I know that the six-man tag team championships are sort of the championship that no one really cares about, and with good reason, to be fair. But I just I don't see them beating the well-oiled machine, if you like, of Tamatonga, Tongaloa, and Badlow Folly. So I'm going with the champs to retain here. The next match is another six-man tag. It is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Juice Robinson and David Finlay against Hiroki Goto, Jay White and Yoshi Hashi. Now, a couple of feuds I can see sort of coming from this. Jay, Wright, Jay White, the current United States champion, took on Adam Page, beat Adam Page at Strong Style Evolved. Juice Robinson, who for me, I thought was slightly underused in the New Japan Cup. Um, he gave an interesting interview at the end of his victory over, I think it was Yujiro. He came out and said that he wouldn't challenge for the heavyweight title against Okada. He would much rather have the openweight championship against Haruki Goto. Now, that is something I'd like to see. Juice Robinson against Goto for the openweight championship. And I can see that happening potentially at Dominion. I can see Juice Robinson becoming the new number one contender. Now, of course, you've also got that long-standing feud between Jay White and David Finley. Now, David Finley is horrifically underused. Now, when you consider the talent pool that New Japan has at its disposal, it's hardly surprising that David Finley falls so far to the bottom, you know, lost in a sea of six-man tags and ten-man tags. But... I feel this feud between him and Jay White could lead to potentially some kind of career renaissance for David Finlay. I don't think he'd beat Jay White, especially as, you know, Jay White beat Kenny Omega for this title. You know, he headlined the new beginning in Sapporo Night 2. So, New Japan have invested a lot in Jay White, in the Switchblade gimmick, and people haven't quite come round to it as quickly as people would like. Now, for those people that watched the uh, pre-match interview segments between Jay White and Adam Page, Jay White was fantastic on the microphone, and hopefully that's brought some, some more people over towards him, and it certainly has me. I was very, very sceptical of the gimmick to start off with. Uh, my first... Um, Real exposure to Jay White was in Ring of Honor, and I found it very wooden, very very boring, very bland. He came to New Japan, the new Switchblade gimmick, challenged Tanahashi for the Intercontinental Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 12. I found the match very... I found it okay. I didn't find it brilliant, but it was okay. He then had that fantastic match with Omega. He's had another fantastic match with Adam Page, so he's improving all the time. Will him and David Finley be a bomb stormer? I I don't know. I I just don't know. Um, who wins here? For me, it's a difficult one. But I am going to go for the team of champions. 
And that is literally a snap decision because written down, I've actually got, I'm actually going for Taguchi Japan. But I'm going for Chaos. Now, the reason I'm doing this is there's obviously that feud, especially between Jay White and David Finley. And I can see it bubbling over when Jay White attacks someone and instead of using his finisher, the Blade Runner, uses the elbows where he goes for the TKO victory. And that, I feel, will lead to Finley officially challenging Jay White and then eventually Juice challenging Goto. That's where I see that going. Um, I think Jay White will get the pin. Over who? I don't know. I think if they want to give him the rub, it'd be interesting to see him get the pinfall over Tanahashi. However, it is Tanahashi, so it will probably be Juice or Finley. But even so, I think the amount of clout that both Jay White and to a, to a lesser extent Goto have got at the moment, it's got to be that team, hasn't it? It has got to be that team, even if Yoshihashi is on that team and he is a walking pin machine. Moving on now. Fifth match. It's six-man tag team action once again. And it is LIJ being represented by Tetsuya Naito, Evil, and Sonoda, the returning Evil after his orbital bone injury. And they are taking on the Suzuki-Goon team of Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Davey Boy Smith Jr., the Killer Elite Squad. Now, there has been... A huge feud at the moment between Naito and Suzuki to the point where Suzuki has sort of drawn out the anger in Naito. There's no more tranquilo with Naito in this feud. He is going all out for Suzuki. Now, whether this will lead to Naito being Suzuki's next challenge for the Intercontinental title, I don't know. Um... It's certainly a repeat of the Evil and Sonata Killer Elite Squad match that we had at Wrestle Kingdom, which was sort of a dark horse as one of the better matches of the night. Um, you know, I say that like there was any poor matches on the card. There wasn't. But this was one that sort of surprised me. I didn't anticipate it being as good as it was. Um, where New Japan go with Naito at the moment, I think... With Wrestle Kingdom 12, so many people, myself included, were so convinced that Naito would walk away as the champion. There was there was no way in my head that he would not walk out of the Tokyo Dome with the title. Yet, he lost. You know, it was shocking to everyone. And then he went on to be jumped by Chris Jericho. He went on to be jumped by Tai Chi, of all people. He then, you know, lost in the New Japan Cup. He's had a feud with Yoshihashi. It seems that they almost, they're in danger of not capitalising on just how much Naito is over with the crowd. And I don't think... Japan, New Japan will ever have a a situation where Naito is ever that over again as he was at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Um, and I think that certainly here it's it's a worry. It certainly is a worry. I think that LIJ will go over here and the reason I think LIJ will go over here is because I feel like Tetsuya Naito has got to get some momentum behind him going forward. 
I would love to see a Suzuki Naito match at Dominion for the Intercontinental Champion. I'd love to see Tetsuya Naito regain it, if I'm perfectly honest, because I thought what he did with the belt elevated it beyond what anyone else could do with it, you know, including Nakamura, you know, including Tanahashi. You know, I think Suzuki's reign has been good. I like the way he took it from Tanahashi, but I just feel like they need to do something else with Naito. And at the moment, he's getting lost in the shuffle. When Jay White at the moment is being utilised better than Tetsuya Naito, you need to do something with it. And I have very, very few complaints when it comes to New Japan. They do a lot of things right, and they are a fantastic promotion to watch. I just find it a bit puzzling what they're doing with Naito at the moment. But there we go. I'm going for an LIJ win. Match six, and the second championship bout of the card. It's a three-way tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. And this is to be fought between Rapongi 3K, Sho and Yo, uh, the LIJ team of Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi, and Suzuki Goon's team of El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who are the current champions, having taken the belts from Rapongi 3K at the anniversary show. It's certainly interesting to see who would win this because all three teams could, in theory, win this match. And much as I love Hiromu Takahashi, the team least likely to come out of this with the titles, in my opinion... Oh, no. Do you know what? I'm going off notes again. I'm going for Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. And as well as El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru work together, Rapongi 3K have had the championships, you know, off and on a lot over the last couple of months. Give Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi the belts. Let them do something with it because Bushi's underrated. Hiromu Takahashi is out, seemingly out of the junior heavyweight picture for the time being. Um, and I just feel like giving them the straps will elevate LIJ even further, and I think it would accent nicely with Evelyn Sonada having the heavyweight tag team straps. So, a short entry there, but I'm going with what I feel, as opposed to what is logical with there. So, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Will Ospreay and Marty Skrull. To think about Will Ospreay and just how far he's come in such a short amount of time and how just how over he is at the moment, it's ridiculous. I mean, this man has put on five-star match after five-star match after five-star match. He is one of the hottest commodities in wrestling at the moment. He's put on absolute clinics with the likes of, you know, Okada, with the likes of... Hiromu Takahashi, and that's just this year, you know, not discounting what he did last year in a stellar year for the man. He needs a big victory over Marty Skrull here, and the reason is the the entire premise of the four-way match at Wrestle Kingdom 12 was that Will Ospreay had never beaten Marty Skrull, and they sort of put that to bed with Ospreay pinning Skrull for the championship but he still doesn't have a singles victory over Skrull. Now, Skrull, obviously, as I stated before, took the mask off Rey Mysterio, attacked Osprey after the match at Strong Style Evolved. So 
they are putting a lot of momentum into Skrull as well. But I think Osprey needs to win this. Okay, he is so over with the crowd right now, and Okada in that interview by saying everything will be fine in New Japan if we still have Will Osprey. To have that sort of sort of glowing recommendation from the face of the company, you know, you're not going to take the belt off him now. And I just feel like with everything that Bullet Club are going through at the moment. It will be the junior heavyweight championship strap around the waist of Marty Skrull will be an afterthought in the entire Civil War of Bullet Club storyline than it would around the waist of Will Ospreay. You know, around the waist of Will Ospreay, it would be about the championship. It would be those about those fantastic matches. Around Skrull's waist, it would constantly be, well, whose side is he on? Is he on Team Kenny? Is he on Team Cody? And... It deserves more than that. As my favourite championship in the company, it deserves more than that. And I just feel like Osprey needs another big defence, another big title defence, you know, similar to his defence against Hiromu Takahashi, which was fantastic, another fantastic match. Um, I just feel like he needs to beat Skrull here. Semi-main event here. Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, taking on Cody and Hangman Page. Yet another chapter in this rivalry between Omega and Cody, who of course have already faced off at the Honor Rising shows. Interesting for those who follow Cody on Twitter, he has retired the old Bullet Club logo. He will be introducing a new one next week. Now, New Japan, as you would when you've got a tag team such as the Golden Lovers, are pumping momentum into the Golden Lovers, hence why they defeated the Young Bucks at the, you know, in the main event of Strong Style Evolved. But if Cody loses this match, because they are building to that singles match between Omega and Cody at Supercard of Honor, okay, WrestleMania weekend, which is going to be a fantastic match, and obviously that will be where a lot of answers are given to us. I feel like Cody needs momentum going into that match. Now, him and I really cannot remember who his partner was. Um, but they defeated the Gorillas of Destiny at um, Strong Style Evolved. I feel like they need a win here. Him and Hangman Page need a win over the Golden Lovers here. Because otherwise, if he loses here, then as I think he will, and then loses at Supercard of Honor... It just it sort of detracts from well his ego somewhat. However, if he beats Kenny and Kotoribushi here, then goes on to Supercard of Honor and loses, then you know it's more of a scalp. It's more of a storyline going forward. Um, so much as it will be a big scalp to see the Golden Lovers lose on such a big stage, I do think Cody and Hangman Page will go over here. Finally we get on to the main event. And unfortunately, it's also probably the lock of the night. Coming into this, we've obviously got Zack Sabre Jr., who won the New Japan Cup, um, beating Hiroshi Tanahashi um, in the final on March 21st. And New Japan have done a fantastic job of creating yet another star. This tournament was all about Zack Sabre Jr., as it should have been. You look at the opponents that he defeated, 
getting through to that final. And, you know, he looked fantastic. His match against Sonada, absolutely amazing. His match against Ibushi, absolutely fantastic. And yes, you can argue, well, they're both fantastic wrestlers. Zack Sabre Jr. offers something so different to that. And they have built him up so well, you know, this whole just tap out. You know, his amazing sort of propensity to reverse moves and change moves into these bizarrely painful-looking submission holds, it's certainly something completely different to what, you know, the New Japan audience definitely are used to seeing. You know, he slows the pace down. He is the quintessential heel. And I think, you know, under guidance from Suzuki, they've done a fantastic job of building him into, as he is here, a main event star. The question you've got to ask yourself is, aside from how you feel about how well he did in the New Japan Cup, is he going to beat Kazuchika Okada? Okay, the IWGP heavyweight champion. Is he going to beat him? Is he going to be the person that stops Okada breaking the record of most successful title defences? No. He isn't going to do that. The storyline of Okada breaking this, you know, the most amount of title defences... It's it's too much to be stopped by someone like Zack Sabre Jr. And that's no disrespect to Zack Sabre Jr. at all. So I've just hopefully proved to you all I gushed about how good he was. I gushed about how well they'd done building him up. I just feel that it needs to be on a bigger stage against a more established opponent, let's say. Because Sabre Jr., this is his first main event and... I sincerely hope it's not his last because you've seen the work he can do in the New Japan Cup. Just think about what he can do if they give him this stage again. And I think this will be an absolutely outstanding match. But I just don't see him beating Okada, especially with Okada having this record so close now. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's certainly going to be interesting to see looking at the remainder of the New Japan roster it's certainly going to be interesting to see how they do go about taking this belt off Okada, whether it will be Naito, whether it will be Tanahashi, whether it will be you know another instalment of the Okada Omega um, quadrilogy, as it would be then, which I would certainly not be against. Um, I just I don't see it being Zack Sabre Jr. I'm sure we'll see Suzuki. I'm sure we'll see um, Takamichinoku. I'm sure we'll see you know Izuka Taichi. I'm sure we'll see all of them. Uh, trying to intervene on Zack Sabre Jr.'s behalf. It's a Suzuki-kun match, after all. But Okada will get the victory here. It will be an outstanding match, but I see Okada retaining. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are our uh, Sakura Genesis 2018 predictions. Um, please let us know in the comments if you've got anything that you disagree with, anything you do agree with. What's the next step for the Bullet Club? You know, who do you see Okada taking on once he's dispatched Zack Sabre Jr.? You can follow me at, at @realrobgoodwin on Twitter. Please keep your eye out for our Sakura Genesis review and any further New Japan podcasts which are forthcoming. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. <laughs>